From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Thanks for tuning in. Good to have you with us. We are broadcasting this week from First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, the site of this year's Pray Vote Stand Summit. Summit starts tomorrow evening. And uh, by the way, there's still time to register and be a part of what I believe is going to be a very encouraging, educating, and challenging summit. We'll be joined by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, David Barton will be with us, as will George Barna, and Todd Starnes, who will be joining me a little later here on the program today. There also will be a number of panels dis- uh, discussing any number of topics, including election reform efforts, the transgender ideology, and the targeting of our children in America's classrooms. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to talk about how to take back education in America. Also, there will be a candidate training session. So go online to prayvotestand.org slash summit to find out more and to register. Okay, coming up on this Tuesday edition of Washington Watch, new numbers out on inflation. And despite a decrease in fuel prices, the cost for consumers has gone up yet again, fueling inflation. The stock market responding with a nearly 1,300-point decline, while President Biden claiming he is successfully fighting inflation by spending more money. Exactly four weeks ago today, I signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. A single most important legislation passed in the Congress to combat inflation. I said it then, and I'll keep saying it. With this law, the American people won, and special interests lost. Well, not everyone agrees. Here is Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell's take. This very day, President Biden and Democrats are having a big celebration for their latest reckless spending bill, which they pretended would reduce inflation but which nonpartisan experts say will actually make it worse. They could not look more out of touch if they tried. You know, you have to wonder, who's telling the truth? I don't think it's the White House. We're going to talk about it with Indiana Senator Mike Braun in just a moment. Also, Russian soldiers are rushing out of Ukraine. Ukrainians have Putin and his Russian army on the run. That's also on our list of discussion items for today. And despite the growing concern over the devastating impact upon religious freedom, Democrat Senate leader Chuck Schumer says the Senate will vote on the bill to redefine marriage. Far from being a theoretical exercise, codifying marriage equality would have a dramatic long-term impact on millions of people. At a time when our rights are under siege, it would be a much-needed shield for scores of Americans at risk of discrimination simply because of who they love. He is right about one thing. It would have an impact on millions, that is, millions of people who adhere to their faith. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later here on the program. I'm not sure if he is wishing upon the stars, but Disney CEO Bob Chopek has declared victory against, quote-unquote, certain political constituencies over Florida's bill protecting children from sexual indoctrination. That's the bill Disney opposed openly. Of course, in today's world, I guess you can identify as pretty much anything. So I guess identifying as a victory, even though your company lost a lot of standing, I guess that's reasonable. Anyway, we'll get a take from Florida State Representative Randy Fine a little later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss anything, you can find it all later archived at TonyPerkins.com, along with resources needed for you to engage in this republic. You know what? Our republic was not made for spectators. It is made for participants. So you need to be involved. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Also, speaking of involvement, Pray Vote Stand Summit. You can find out more by going to PrayVoteStand.com. Dot org slash summit for the summit that begins tomorrow evening right here in Atlanta, Georgia. But I'll also have information on how you can join online if you can't make it to the summit. The word for today comes from Proverbs chapter 28. It's verses 2 and 4. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. As our nation has embraced that which contradicts God and his word, we've seen growing political instability 
Each election brings policies that are polar opposites of the previous leader. Well, how do we stop that? Well, look at the second half of that verse. By a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. So how do we get there? Well, I believe verse 4 has the answer. Quote, those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. You see, we must contend with the spirit of lawlessness that is enveloping our society. Yes, I know there, there are double standards. Yes, there is injustice. That is the nature of lawlessness. But to contend with that lawlessness, we cannot engage in lawlessness ourselves, but we must keep the law. And that begins with yielding to and obeying the word of God, regardless of the pressure to conform to the lawlessness of the age. All right, the Consumer Price Index for August was released today and revealed what many knew all along. It's not good. While the gas prices have fallen a bit from their all-time high, rising food and housing costs continue to drive current inflation rates. Stock, the stock market has fallen sharply today, responding to the news. The Biden administration taking a victory lap, saying their latest spending bill is going to solve the problem. But where's the evidence? Joining me now to talk about this and more is Indiana Senator Mike Braun. He serves on the Senate Budget Committee and a number of other committees as well. Senator, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be back on. So, Senator, did the White House miss a memo or something about uh, the economy? And, uh, I mean, it just doesn't sound like they're connecting with what's really happening. I think they'd be astute enough to make sure they don't have their celebration before the inflation report actually came out. So that's another, uh, I think, sign of hubris on their part to where, Tony, I, I always view them as political enterprisers. And uh, I guess one thing you could say, they're unapologetic about it. But when you try to take uh, the dialogue and go right in the face of what we knew was not going to be something quick or transitory, that's getting rid of inflation. Uh, that's an embarrassment. It's got to be. Um, I guess somebody will be held taking a task over there about it. But when you unleash fiscally what they did uh, in 2021, uh, 2022, they have not uh, put on the brakes. Uh, we had enough back in 2020 that was bipartisan, probably at least double what should have been done because there were so many extended unemployment benefits that we could not get them to tamp down. It was just certain that we were going to have inflation, a question of how much. Last time it occurred, look at history, 81, it peaked at about 10 or 11, took four years to, or five years to knock it back to 2%. And of course, they took interest rates up from 10 to 20, and we don't have that latitude currently to do that. So, Senator, uh, taking a look at some of these numbers, the the inflation rate was 8.3% in August. Uh, that's a point, uh, 0.1% higher. Um, the core inflation is what, you know, kind of people look at. That excludes food and energy. That actually exceeded expectations at 6.3%. That's three times the Federal Reserve's target of where they want inflation to be. So, I mean, while it, it could have been much worse, it's certainly not what many people anticipated. Well, uh, and then also let's contrast it to where we were pre-COVID. Uh, before you had the political enterprisers take over, shut down the productive economy that was at 2% or less on inflation, close to 3% economic growth, uh, wages rising in the toughest spots, uh, whether you look at it in terms of core inflation, whether you look at it uh, with the ones that generally get even more out of hand, uh, this is an unleashing from the economic Pandora's box that who knows when it's going to settle down. And they ought to realize that you can't spend more and expect inflation to go down. And they are actually working at cross purposes with the Fed, who's finally now saying we're not going to accommodate your future spending by putting those credits out there to where uh, you don't have to raise taxes or pay for it in some other way. So they ought to at least be listening to what Jay, uh, you know, Jay Powell is doing. Uh, and right. 
I think that is at least wise that the Fed has said they're going to be serious about it. Uh, the political enterprisers still haven't gotten the message. Well, there's anticipation that uh, we're going to have a three-quarters of a point raise next week of uh, interest rates. That means the government's going to have to borrow and pay pay more money for the uh, pay more for the money that it's borrowing to pay for this uh, debt fueled spending. I, I want to go to an issue on on the fuel for just a moment because that's one of the things that you know many people had hoped that the uh, the inflation rate would cool down a bit with the drop in uh, fuel prices. But this sat this Sunday on uh, the weekend show on CNN State of the Union, uh, Secretary Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen had this to say about the uh, gas prices. Clip two, please. Gas prices have actually yes. fallen about $1.40 from their peak. Some are worried, though, that they yes. could go back up in the winter. Should Americans be ready for that? Well, it's a risk, and it's a risk that um, we're working on the price cap to try to address. Hmm. Uh, Senator, a lot of the, I mean, Look, you and I understand basic economic principles, supply and demand. They increase the amount of supply by pulling out of the strategic reserves. That comes prior to the election, but we can only take so much out of the strategic reserves and it runs dry. How long can they begin, how long before what they're pulling out of there, you know, that effect bottoms out and we start to see the supply decrease and the price go back up? Well, uh, and the other thing they didn't mention is diesel which has a very inelastic demand because most businesses use that, that's hardly budged at all. And they ought to cite, too, uh, the dollar forty drop is from 5 bucks down to maybe 360 And when Biden got elected, it was about 240 So a lot of times they leave out critical information. So, yes, when you took that trajectory of even even being more energy independent. And in the short run, regardless of what you think about the climate discussion, that was smart to do because you see China and other places still doing all the things they're going to do to grow their economy and have no concern about living up to whatever their statements were about climate commitments. So, yes, this could seesaw back and forth. I can tell you, as a CEO, None of the oil companies are going to be out there aggressively uh, doing new exploration at the behest of a party that wants, wants to shut you down in the mid and long run. And uh, I think you'll get maybe a little additional supply taken out of the capabilities currently. I don't see oil companies going on a big exploration binge because Joe Biden wants them to do it in the short run. All right, Senator, we're up against a break, and i got to share a few messages with our listeners. And when we come back, I want to talk about what's happening in Ukraine and also get an update on a bill that uh, Senator Schumer is pushing through the Senate that would codify the Obergefell decision redefining marriage. We're going to get a take on that as well when we return. Senator Braun from Indiana, my guest. Uh, Stick around. We've got a lot more Washington Watch still to come. Todd Starnes is going to be joining me here at First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, the site of this week's Pray Vote Stand Summit. You can find out more about the summit and how you can be a part of it by going to prayvotestand.org slash summit. So don't go anywhere. We're coming back with more Washington Watch right after this. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually, just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible.
1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. We're broadcasting this week from First Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. The site of this week's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit begins tomorrow evening. To find out more, go to prayvotestand.org. We're continuing our conversation with Indiana Senator Mike Braun. He serves on the Senate Budget Committee, among other committees. Senator, thanks for uh, sticking around for this uh, second segment. Uh, Ukraine, they have the Russians on the run. In fact, a Ukrainian official uh, Ukrainian officials have said they have captured so many Russian soldiers that are fleeing that they're struggling to house them. And uh, British intelligence is reporting that Russian conventional forces designed to counter NATO, NATO have been severely weakened by their clash with Ukraine. What's the latest? So um, the Ukrainians are, are amazing in the sense that they've taken on a uh, Daunting task. Of course, they're just trying to defend their own territory and get some of it back that was taken. But uh, I think Russia is showing its own weakness. I mean, some of the things you've heard about their own military, uh, not only the materiel, but the operations of it, I think that's all showing up. They probably never figured there was going to be any pushback. And uh, I think this ebb and flow uh, is going to be hard to measure uh, who's going to end up winning in the longer run. The Ukrainians, of course, have got the fortitude, and they're fighting for their own defense of their freedom and their territory. Uh, the Russians and Putin, mostly Putin, because I don't know that the Russians are behind him uh, solidly as things go on, much more difficult uh, equation. Uh, they are an economy that you'd think is very large. Their economy is the size of Florida's. In other words, it's about 1.7 trillion. Uh, Germany's, for instance, is close to 4 trillion. Uh, one concern I do have is we've been paying all the bills so far, including the supplemental. It's got another 12 trillion in it. We've invested almost 50 billion. Excuse me, I'm trillions and billions do get interchanged here so easily. <laughs> but understand. Yes. Uh, We've been footing the bill on it, and we got to ask the EU, we got to ask their own backyard to start doing more because the Ukrainians have really done well, uh, considering that, uh, you know, they've got such a big force against them. But I think Russia is not near as strong, especially in the long term, as they may let on. So does that kind of rearrange the geopolitical landscape when we look at Russia now kind of really having to tuck tail and run? Well, and uh, recently you noticed they had to talk to the North Koreans. 
about getting some help, uh, that would seem to be uh, something you probably wouldn't want to do. Qi uh, and China are, uh, you know, that's the centerpiece of that new axis, uh, whoever makes it up over there. And I think North Korea, Russia, China, and maybe a few others would be in there. I wonder if he uh, does not regret the handshake he did with Putin during the Olympics without knowing what was going to unfold. So if he decides to prop them up, help them out, it could linger even longer. But in the long run, I think this has hurt Russia, for sure. It's hurt China as long as they stick with them. And it's galvanized at least where the Europeans are taking their own defense more seriously, even though they're not backing it up with their own money. They're an economy almost the size of ours, the EU is, especially if you throw Great Britain in there. They should be doing much more than we are doing to pay the bills in their own backyard. I, I think it, uh, under the previous administration, they would have been paying a little bit more. Of course, I, I don't so. even think this would be happening. I don't think yeah. it would be happening under the previous administration. Final question for you, Cinder Brun. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Chuck Schumer saying that he is going to push through this, uh, what they call Respect for Marriage Act, which would codify into law and do more as it pertains to the redefinition of marriage. Many, many people concerned what we've seen over the last seven years, this fundamental attack on religious freedom. That's becoming an issue in the Senate. Where's the bill stand? So where it is right now, there are only three Republicans that have said they would throw in with all 50 Democrats. So they have to find seven more Republicans. And my advice to your group and any other cohorts out there, figure out who those seven additional, Lisa Murkowski, I think, might be one from Alaska, find out who they are and urge them not to. This is a political ploy. Uh, clearly, there's not going to be any further Supreme Court move on doing something that would force this to be codified. They're trying to do it purely for political reasons, thinking, feeling a little bit of uh, oomph and strength from Roe versus Wade, uh, knowing that they think they're benefiting from that. I don't know that that even helps them in the midterms, but I think that emboldened them here anybody out there needs to really weigh in with their senators so that we don't get to that uh, 60 uh, threshold level all right and uh, we'll we're doing that and we'll continue to do that senator brown always great to see you thanks so much for uh, joining us today my pleasure Senator Ron of Indiana. And, and by the way, folks, he is uh, right on. You need to contact your senators on this. And I'll tell you, uh, it's being driven by Rob Portman of Ohio. He's the one that's kind of negotiating with the Democrats on this. So I, I, I'm not sure that he is um, persuadable on this. But if you live in Ohio, you certainly ought to be communicating with him. And he, uh, from my Sources talking to the various senators. He's the one that says he's working to take care of the religious freedom concern. Um, but what he's been proposing falls far short. And, and I'm not sure there is a resolution to the concerns over the attack that will come from this as it pertains to religious freedom. Another senator, if you live in North Carolina, you need to be talking to your senator, Senator Tillis. He needs to hear from you as well. Let me give you the uh, switchboard number for the United States Senate. It's uh, 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. And I do want to thank so many of our listeners who have already called your senators. I know that because I've heard from them. And so it's making a difference. I was talking to one of the key senators that's spearheading the opposition today, said, keep it coming. It is making a difference. We're keeping this thing bottled up. But as soon as we step back, they'll push it through. So be sure. And even if you've called your senator, do it again. All right, coming back uh, after the break, we're going to be talking to the state representative in Florida that uh, drove the measure to kind of put Disney in line. But yet the CEO of Disney running around saying they've claimed victory over the what they call the don't say gay bill. That's coming up next here on Washington Watch.
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. We're broadcasting from First Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, the site of this year's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. To find out more about the summit and how you can be a part of it, go to prayvotestand.org slash summit. begins tomorrow evening. All right, Disney CEO Bob Chopek is uh, patting himself on the back these days. He bragged in an interview that his company stood their ground uh, when the state of Florida passed the Parental Rights and Education Act. Now, this bill... Quite frankly, it was a common sense educational reform measure designed to protect children from being indoctrinated with uh, sexual material, you know, protecting children uh, under the grade of four. Well, Disney's leadership initially tried to avoid the debate, but an act of a subsection of its workforce eventually pushed them into the arena and Disney opposed the law. Well, In response, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill ending Disney's self-governing autonomous status in the Sunshine State. So how are they claiming victory? I'm not sure. Joining me now to discuss this is Florida State Representative Randy Fine. He was the author of HB3C, the independent special districts bill, which revoked Disney's special status in the law. Uh, Representative Fine, welcome to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me. Now, you were on the program last spring after first proposing the bill to uh, strip Disney of this special status. What has happened since then? Well, uh, we stripped it. And I think there are discussions about how we want to handle things moving forward. Do we want to reconstitute a new special district with different rights and privileges? Or do we just want things to revert as they do in the law? But I I will say this. I don't know how Disney could claim victory. They didn't get a vote in whether we passed the bill. And frankly, um, we passed it irrespective of what they think about it. Well, I would also say when you look at their standing among American citizens, they uh, they dropped significantly. I think they were like uh, number uh, 26 in terms of most favored uh, companies in America. They dropped down to 66. Their numbers in terms of those attending their theme parks as well as their revenue numbers are dropping. So I'm not sure how you claim victory there. Uh, but also, I, I want to ask you this question because my from my vantage point, it looks like other corporations may have taken notes based on what happened to Disney. Well, I will say this. It's our view that corporations, whether they're conservative or liberal, should be focused on delivering shareholder value, build products and services that customers want, 
can't leave the politics to the politicians. And, and I think companies are realizing that when they do this, they lose. To be perfectly frank, I think Disney did what they did because typically conservatives are polite. We're nice. So when the woke mob yells and screams, these executives just take the path of least resistance. Well, what we've shown in Florida is if you give in to the woke mob, there may be consequences. And I think as a result, hopefully more companies are just going to go straight down the middle and leave the politics to the public and the politicians. Well, I certainly hope you are right, but evidence would suggest that maybe you, in fact, are. The This past weekend, Governor DeSantis again talking about corporations and how they're wanting special status and how wokeness has taken over those corporations. And we have no obligation to yield to that. So uh, is Florida providing a new model to policymakers when it comes to these woke corporations? Well, I, I think we are. And I think what we're saying is we are willing to use um, our influence and our ability to demand that companies do the right thing. Um, and and we're seeing it doesn't happen, whether it's ESG or some of these shareholder rules. If companies want to act goofy, they're going to have problems here in the state of Florida. Let's go for just a moment before we run out of time to the underlying issue. And it was very common sense piece of legislation driven. And I've talked to many people involved, driven by constituent concerns, parents, the Parental Rights and Education Act. Uh, how's that going in the state of Florida now that it's been put in place? It's going great, but it's not without fights. What's interesting is our woke school districts have made it incredibly onerous to implement the bill. So they're requiring school districts to do things that we never asked them to do under the bill. And then they blame us for doing it, which is why it's important that whether it's Governor DeSantis winning his election or me winning mine or school board races, we need people from top to bottom committed to parental rights because they're fighting back as hard as they can. Well, it's making a difference because I do think more parents now feel emboldened to engage at the local school board level. So is it the intention to follow up to make sure that these school boards and these schools actually do abide by the law? Yeah, and the good news is we gave parents the right to sue if they don't. So parents can police it. It's not just the state. It's not just the division of the Department of Education. It's not just the legislature. Every parent now is emboldened to do that. And as we flipped school boards from woke left regimes to parents first conservatives, we're going to see a lot of that happen. Well, Randy Fine, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm excited to see what Florida is doing on many fronts and grateful for your leadership. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And, and folks, again, it goes back to our need to be involved. You know, our republic is not for spectators. It's for participants, whether it's at the school board level, the city council level, the state legislative level or in Congress. We each have a place on the wall, and we can make a difference if we will get involved. All right, coming up next in my final segment, I'll be joined by author and radio host Todd Starnes. He's going to be a part of the Pray Vote Stand Summit here in Atlanta, Georgia this week, and so he's going to be joining me to talk about a host of things as well as what he might share. Maybe I'll get a sneak peek of what he's going to say here at the Pray Vote Stand Summit. And by the way, you too can be here for the summit. Go to prayvotestand.org slash summit to find out more and to register. All right, don't go away. Coming back next with Todd Starnes. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com.
With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12- to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make the difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. You know, I, I, before I get in and introduce my next guest, I received news this afternoon that uh, a good friend, Ken Starr, former federal judge and U.S. Solicitor General, has passed away. Ken was a wonderful, kind Christian man who stood unwavering for truth. And the, li- the, the people who knew him, their lives were enriched greatly. And uh, it was a, just such an honor to have uh, worked with Ken on a number of religious freedom issues. Uh, he is certainly going to be missed. Please pray for his wife of 52 years, Alice, and his children and grandchildren. In fact, the last time I spoke uh, to Ken, I was talking to him. He and his wife were watching uh, some of their nine grandchildren. Uh, Ken Starr was uh, 76 years old. All right, as we've discussed on the program, inflation rose more than predicted uh, again in August, continuing a trend we've seen throughout President Biden's time in office. You know, the stock market uh, responding in a very negative way, uh, crime rising, the border in chaos. The president has been grasping for messages that he can push his base. And it's it's mostly resorted to criticizing American citizens who disagree with him. Joining me now to discuss this and more, Todd Starnes, author and radio host, one of the speakers at this week's Pray Vote Stand Summit here in Atlanta, Georgia. Todd, welcome to Washington Watch. Tony, great to be here. Sounds like I, I think I just talked to you, didn't I? It seems like mere moments ago. Yeah, I was on your program earlier today. Uh, where can folks hear your program? Well, they can go to ToddStarnes.com. Uh, the radio show is on about 150 radio stations around America now. And, of course, you can also watch it on uh, our website. And uh, we offer a lot of resources free of charge there at ToddStarnes.com. And I always enjoy being on the program. It's always uh, great. And thank you for being here for the uh, the Pray Vote Stand Summit. All right, I want to get into this issue of the, the, the president. First, I want to go to something the president said on his first day in office, I want to go back to uh, to January of uh, 2021 when he took office. Play uh, that clip that we have of President President we must Biden's end speech. This uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, or, or rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts, if we show a little tolerance and humility. So the president, you know, on that first day saying he was going to unite America. And then today um, on the uh, the Senate floor, 
we had the uh, Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer uh, saying this. Clip number five. While our MAGA Republicans are fixated on their extremist agenda, Democrats are focused on creating jobs, lowering costs, bringing our country together. Bringing our country together? I mean, I'm not sure, Todd, where they come up with that. One more clip I want to play. This was uh, of the the president's uh, infamous speech, his B-grade Batman set there on the steps of Independence Hall. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. So, Todd, tell me, how does that bring America together? Well, in fairness to the president, he probably doesn't remember what he had for breakfast this morning, much less what he said uh, on Inauguration Day. Uh, but it is not surprising. This is a man who called evangelical Christians on the on the campaign trail in a speech before the human rights campaign about what the dregs of society. I think that's uh, that was the exact yeah, phrase he building used. building on uh, Hillary's deplorables. Deplorables, Barack Obama's bitter clingers, and, of course, now they're calling us fascist. Uh, what we've come to discover when the Democrats are out there name calling. Typically, uh, it's it's a form of projection. Yes, uh, because yeah. they, in fact, are guilty of the charges they're levying against conservatives and especially evangelical Christians. Yeah. Well, and we've heard a lot of the term uh, gaslighting. You know, here you got Schumer talking about uh, Democrats are focused on creating jobs, lowering costs, bringing the country together. But yet you've got MAGA. Republicans, uh, you know, are dividing the country when, in fact, it is the uh, it is the president's is dividing. In fact, uh, Rasmussen reports out with a, um, a survey results of a survey today. The latest Rasmussen reports national telephone online survey finds that 48 percent of likely U.S. voters agree with uh, President Biden's speech when he, you know, said this Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. Forty-eight percent of likely voters agreed with him, including 36 who strongly agreed. However, however, 47 percent disagree with Joe Biden's slam on MAGA Republicans, including 39 percent who strongly disagree. You could not be more divided than that. That's true, but I think there is something happening in the electorate. There's a new Harvard poll out today that shows a majority of Americans do believe that speech in front of the blood-red Independence Hall actually led to more division in America. You look at the polling data coming out of Georgia right now, where Herschel Walker is actually doing better in the polls. And a lot of people that I've been speaking to in Georgia say one of the reasons why is that the brutal attacks just day after day have really uh, had a negative impact on voters. They believe that Raphael Warnock is now bullying uh, Herschel Walker, uh, a man of deep and abiding faith, a man who has a great redemption story. And I think the redemption part of that story is resonating with voters, and they're really sick and tired of this nasty rhetoric. You know, uh, Joe Biden promised that a dark winter was coming to this country. And unfortunately, Tony, we've had the dark winter and the summer and the spring and fall, and we're back uh, getting ready for another dark winter. Again, and people are tired of it. You know, Todd Stars, my take on the president, I've talked about this on the program, get your thoughts on it. My take is that that was a voter suppression speech uh, by trying to lump half of America into this extremism, semi fascist pot so that nobody wants that. I don't want to be associated with that. Well, take it a step further. When the FBI started cracking down at the at the request of the Biden administration on moms and dads who are raising significant right. issues, domestic terrorists. Yeah, who in the, yeah? If you're a mom and dad, an average person not engaged in politics, you're going to be very careful about wanting to say anything uh, that might be seen as opposition to your school board. Look at what's been happening over the past week, where we now know that 50 Trump supporters have been raided by the FBI, warrants served. Uh, phone, cell phones being uh, ordered to be turned over to the government. Uh, that, I believe, is a form of suppression as well. They want the conservatives, they want the Republicans to stay home on Election Day. And so we need to do the exact opposite. 
we need to not only show yeah. up at the polls and vote, but we need to register two or three people and take them with us. And let me explain what happened. I, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I, I was born and raised there, and I live there now. My home in August, we had a major election. Uh, at issue was a district attorney uh, who was, uh, I guess, styled in the form of George Soros. Only 25% of registered voters bothered to show up at the polls on Election Day. And as a result, Memphis, Tennessee, now one of the most deadly cities in America, has a George Soros-style district attorney that's in office. You have a progressive city council. So elections have consequences, not just on the national level, but also on the state and local right. level, which is why I'm so glad uh, that you guys are out here in the in the heartland, in the southern states, talking about these issues and mobilizing people to get involved. Right. Pray Vote Stand. We're here this week in Atlanta, Georgia, First Baptist Church, which is the host of the Pray Vote Stand Summit. And we're going to be talking about the spiritual battle that is raging for our country. Yes, we need to be praying. We need to be praying like we've never prayed before. We also need to be voting uh, because that is that's a part of being salt and light by engaging in the culture around us. And one of the big challenges, and and I'm not even sure I saw this one coming, where so many evangelical churches are now standing down, and they're not getting engaged in the fight. Uh, they don't want to offend people. They're more concerned about really wokeness in America. I guess a form of spiritual wokeness has crept into so many churches around the country. And, and that is a troubling thing, because, Tony, you and I both know that when churches are not engaged in the culture, bad things can happen. And I think as a, a, at least a portion of what's happening in the country right now can be blamed on the fact that so many churches have chosen to stand down. And, Todd, I don't – I mean, you're right. I agree that that is the case, but I don't understand churches that are backing away. And, and it's not – I think it's a form of cowardice. It's it's a lack of moral courage to stand for what they know to be true. And, of course, I bring it back to the pray, vote, stand. You know, we want to pray. We want to vote. We want to educate voters. But then at the end of the day, we have to stand for biblical truth. That is our call. You know, I, I sign off every day here on Washington Watch with Ephesians 6. When we've done everything that we can do, that we know to do, we pray, when we prepare, we take our stand. We're to stand. And I don't understand why we have pastors, Christian leaders that are more afraid of the cultural forces than they are of walking away from the truth of God. You know, looking back over the, well, going back to the 1960s, when you look at the really the evolution of the modern-day conservative movement, William F. Buckley Jr. You had people like Ronald Reagan, and they understood that this was really a fight against communism, but the fight against communism was not a political fight. It was a spiritual fight. And and here we are so many years later, and fighting this, again, this threat of communism on American shores. What concerns me is the, the church. The church is going to be imperative for the church to take a stand uh, and to fight back against the spread of communism in this country. Uh, look, socialists, one of the first things they do when they try to take over a country is that silence the churches right. and neutralize and we see that the churches. Happen. And we've seen it happen, and we're watching it happen before our very eyes. Right, very, very subtly. It, you know, you often wonder, how does a country move to a form of totalitarianism that we've seen in history? You think, Somebody could have seen this coming, uh, but why didn't they do anything? You know, I think back to the to the pandemic, and I was really not all that concerned uh, so much about the virus as I was how quickly our fellow countrymen surrendered yeah. their civil liberties. It wasn't the fact that California was shut, shutting down churches. It was a mayor in Mississippi who sent right. the police out to a Baptist church and started handing out citations. For sitting in their cars. That's what concerns me. Yeah. So, Todd Starnes, you're going to be here at the Pray Vote Stand Summit this week uh, speaking. Uh, you want to give us uh, kind of a preview of what you're going to be talking about? I'm excited about this speech. I've been working on a new book about getting back to the roots. You know, what what is it that made America great in the first place? And uh, I'm really excited to share a little-known story about Ronald Reagan sharing his faith and evangelizing from the Oval Office. And I think it's I think it's going to be a good message, uh, an encouraging message, I hope, as we get out there and we engage the culture. So, Todd, as you, uh, like me, you're on radio every day. Um, you're also taking phone calls. You're hearing from folks across the country. Uh, what is, what are, I should say, that what are the top three issues you think are, are, are really driving evangelicals right now and conservatives? 
I, I think right now, especially, is this this uh, fight with the sex and gender revolutionaries, uh, transgenderism, this direct assault on really the the, the book of Genesis. Yeah. Uh, God created male and female. I would say second is crime. Uh, that's an issue that's impacting just about every city, every community, and, and people are are looking for answers there. They want to be able to go out and let their kids play in the park without getting shot. I think that's that's another big issue. And I also do think that the church at large and uh, the attacks on the church and this whole idea of Christian nationalism, yeah. as if you should be ashamed uh, if you uh, wave the flag, those are issues that are, are really, I think, going to be compelling people to get out and vote and hopefully get engaged in the political process. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and I think a lot of that, when you look at the crime, you look at uh, this um, indoctrination that's taking place in our classrooms, you know, it's lawlessness. You know, we just see the, the rejection of truth where you can redefine your own gender, your own uh, you, you can, your own world, but you want to force other people to go along with it. I think moms and dads in America, they want to send little Billy to school and he doesn't come home wearing high heels and going by Sally. And as silly as that may seem, that is a reality. That is a reality right now that many parents have to face. And I think on the issue of crime and as a former police officer, I I certainly get that and uh, still in contact with a lot of law enforcement. And it is getting even even some of the safest places uh, historically in this country have become crime ridden. This goes, this is, I think, should be a motivation for Christians to engage because without a moral foundation, you know, they call it Christian nationalism. I call it American history. I mean, Christians being involved, bringing Christian principles, biblical principles to the table. That's what built this country. We actually had a story last week in Memphis. Uh, there was a lot of horrible crime news in our town. But one story that kind of got overlooked by the media, a carjacker himself got carjacked in Memphis. That's how crazy it was. The police found found stolen weapons in the back seat from somebody else. It, it, you know, the criminal is now become a victim. I mean it is it's it's oh it's out goodness. of control. But again it goes back and this is where I think we should be emboldened as believers. We know the answer. We know the answer. Without a moral foundation the nation will be lost. And so we have every right to engage in this process to run for office, to support candidates. And, you know, frankly, Todd, Todd, we just have to ignore the the names that are being hurled. I call them verbal grenades to try to discourage us and distract us. We, uh, we have to stay focused. I heard a preacher, a very well-known preacher from New York City, and he was he was lecturing people in the congregation. You know, he was preaching about anxiety. He said, you know what? Uh, we can't be talking about politics in the pulpit. We don't need to be talking about that. We're Christians. He turned right around and he started talking about how people are freaking out because of the high crime rate in New York City. And I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, Pastor, don't you understand the reason why there's That's a right. high crime rate right it's, now? It all goes back it goes to down. the policy. Right. Todd Sarns, great to have you on the program you and uh, look forward to hearing you here at the Prevost Stand Summit. Maybe varsity hot dogs? Maybe so. Why? I saw them out there. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you for joining us as well, and I want to encourage you to join us at the summit. You can find out how by going to prayvotestand.org slash summit. It begins tomorrow night. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at one 866 372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.